Good day, everyone. This is Dave Rimes, and you're listening to Sound Bites, where sound theology and sound advice meets everyday life. Does your life feel like it has a clear destination? Does the journey fill you with hope? What comforts you along the way? In this soundbite, Pastor Orn takes a look at Psalm 119, verses 49 through 64, and how God's Word gives us a beautiful song to sing along life's path. What would be the song that you would go to to sing publicly, walking on the street, the sidewalk, in your front yard, whatever, out loud like, like, like this guy is here? And I wonder what would be the content of that song. What are the words that you are singing? Today we're going to look in Psalm 119 about what it means to sing the traveler's song. What it means to have a song to sing. We are, as we will see today and as we've seen in previous weeks, we are sojourners, travelers in this life. And we are given a beautiful song to sing which is written by the very word of God. As sojourners, we have been given a song. The word of God is our go-to song, so to speak, that would stir our hearts to the point that we're willing to sing out loud because it moves us so deeply. So let's look together at Psalm 119 as we, as we continue through this lengthy psalm, beginning in verse 49. Remember your word to your servant, in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. The insolent utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your rules from of old, I take comfort, O Lord. Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. This blessing has fallen to me that I have kept your precepts. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I was, when I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. As as we've seen today and as we've seen in previous weeks, there's a number of different words that the psalmist uses to describe the Word of God, the Scriptures, the law, statutes, precepts, testimonies, commandments, all of which are different facets or angles of that beautiful diamond, the beautiful jewel of God's truth, different ways that we can understand who God is and what He expects of us. And part of the way in which we can remind ourselves of God's truth is to, is to hide those words or store those words, as we saw a couple of weeks ago, in our hearts. That we might not sin against God and that we might live righteous lives. And if we were to look at the Word of God in our lives, then the lyrics 
are the Word of God. The lyrics of our song of life is the Word of God. And there are a couple of things here that the psalmist tells us uh, that I think we, we, we must take to heart. The first of which is that we are caused to hope. God makes us or causes us to hope. He gives us hope through His Word. Now, as New Testament Christians, we know that in Christ we have life. Life comes by faith in Jesus Christ. It's what sets the sinner free to be in relationship with, to live in, in, in honor of Jesus Christ. We are free because of His work. And there are no other ways, there are no other paths to a relationship with God, but only by faith in Jesus Christ. Unless you believe in Christ, unless you put your whole faith in Jesus, then you cannot know the power of the new life that comes by faith. It will, it will always be a mystery. It will always be distant. It will always be just out of reach if you want what Jesus offers, but you don't want Jesus. But when you take hold of Christ, as he takes hold of you, this life that comes to you brings all the wonderful blessings of God with it, including this abiding hope that we understand and believe because of the Word of God has revealed it to us. If we believe Jesus, then we believe His words. The psalmist knows, and we should as well, that this is the only way to live your life, is in faith and trust in Jesus Christ and abiding by His Word. What this means for us is that every day, there's never a moment where you are not supported by and sustained by the truth of what God has said. Look, look with me in the Gospel of John quickly. John chapter 3, a passage that we have uh, touched on before as we studied Psalm 119. But I want you to look at it again with me. Uh, Jesus is speaking about who he is and, and his word. He says in verse 31 of John 3, He who comes from above is above all. He who was of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. So Jesus is setting himself up here. He's telling us and telling the listeners of this day who he is. He says, I am above all. I'm from heaven. I'm above all. Okay? Which means that he comes with full authority. Whatever he says is God's word. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Now watch this. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Whoever believes has life. Whoever does not obey faces judgment and wrath. You might say, well, does that mean that I can get out from under God's judgment by obeying Jesus? Well, in one particular way, yes, by believing. Jesus tells us to believe. When you believe, you obey. That's, that's the, the first act of obedience in your life, really, is by believing the gospel. 
What Jesus does here is he, he, he equates his word with life. And that life comes with all the promises of God. It's not a partial promise where God says, I'll give you a little, but you have to work for the rest. The gates are open to you when you come to Christ, which means that you are never hopeless in this life. If you think you are, if you ever get to a point where you have no hope or you believe you have no hope in your life, you are lying to yourself or someone has lied to you. The Spirit is alive in the heart of every believer, and in that you have hope. Why? Because it's Christ himself who is your hope. He died and he rose again and he will not die again. He lives forever to bring with him all those who trust in him to live forever with him. So don't let yourself be lied to to think that there is no hope for you who look to Christ. And the way that we see Jesus, the way that we know Jesus is to look into his word. I know this may sound like something that's quite simple for those of you who are long-time mature believers, but, but man, how, how often do we need to be reminded of this? And all of these gut punches we take from life day to day can leave us gasping for breath sometimes. We just need to remember that Christ abides with his people and when we're rooting and hiding and allowing the Word of God to dwell richly in our hearts, we are knowing Him. And knowing Him is how we're able to take steps of faith with Him. Our hope is not circumstantial. Our hope is objective, absolute truth. Because Jesus is objectively and absolutely Lord. And some people bristle a little bit and they find those words objective and absolute to be a little uncomfortable. And I want to challenge you, if that's, your, if that's your mindset today, you're going to be uncomfortable with Jesus because he is an absolute Lord. He is objectively the only way to God. But oh, the blessing if you would trust him. The blessing if you would be reminded of just how good he is. Not only in the hope that he gives, but in the comfort he gives in our affliction. This is my comfort, the psalmist says, in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. What is that promise? That promise is to never abandon us or forsake us, to make us his own forever, to never leave us without hope. We can go on and on and on about all the promises of God, the covenant promises sealed by the blood of Christ that are ours forever. God never goes back on his word. The comfort that we receive from God in knowing his word is activated by and brought to bear in our lives by the work of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever wondered why you're comforted by the word of God? when others would read it and feel nothing? Like there are people that could read the exact same words that you read, and they, they, ha- they know nothing of it, they feel nothing of it, they have no affection or affinity for it whatsoever, completely lost on them. But yet you read it and you were inspired. Your heart is swelling with, with, with glory and with peace and with hope. Why? Because the Spirit is activating that in your life. The Spirit's saying, look at what I've given you. Look at who Jesus is. Look at who you are to him, his beloved child. What power that is for us. 
It means something for those of us who belong to Christ. There is comfort in the Word of God when we are despairing, when we are downtrodden, when we are afflicted in life. Where do you turn? What are the default lyrics in your life? Is it the lyrics of the Word? Or is it something else? I'll tell you, if it's something else, that's probably your Lord. If it's something or someone else but Jesus, that's where you're finding your hope. That's where you're finding your joy. That's where you're tempting to find it anyway. And it always leaves us wanting, empty, hopeless still. But the Word of God just does a work in our lives when we read it and we believe it and we trust Him in it. When we exchange the lies for the truth, we're comforted. When we engage our hearts and minds with the truth of God's Word, as the psalmist does here, we find comfort and hope in life. These lyrics are established for our lives by God's Word. And one of the best ways that we can remind ourselves of these words is to sing them. One of the best ways that we learn who God is is through song, isn't it? I grew up in a Baptist church. As I said before, if if Southern Baptist had a cereal, my family's picture would have been on the box, right? Mama played the organ. Dad sat and sang in the choir. They taught Sunday school. My dad was the Sunday school superintendent. My mom was a treasurer. I mean, we did everything, right? We were the Baptist family. And I did not realize when I was a child growing up just how much biblical doctrine I was learning in the songs that we sang. Week in and week out, week in and week out. I had no idea. I wasn't paying attention to that specifically as a child. But now, as an adult, I look back on those precious songs and I go, wow, look at what I was learning by just memorizing these songs that even at times may not have had any meaning for me as a young person, but now they have such deep meaning because God has matured my heart and grown my heart to love His Word, and I see His Word alive in the songs that we sing. One of the best ways, dear brothers and sisters, that you can remember the hope you have in Christ is to remember those songs and sing them. Sing them out loud if you must. When you're down, when you're afflicted, when you're frightened, or maybe when you're just bored. As a sojourner in this life, remember the Word of God and sing the songs that testify to His truth. We saw earlier in Colossians 3 where the Apostle Paul tells the church to allow the Word of God to to be deeply rooted and dwell richly in them expressed through the singing of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's good for you and it's good for us to be singing the truth in our lives. Now don't forget that comfort and hope in affliction comes by trading, trading away the lies for the truth. And one of the ways you do that is by singing the song of God's Word. I had an experience recently myself where a song came to mind, a song that we haven't sung together in a while. We have sung it many times, but not recently. Where I was feeling especially down and, and, and especially sort of sad about, I tend to do that from time to time, uh, disappointed. I tend to try not to, but I still f- falter when I try to assess my, my self-worth based on my successes and failures in life. And, and I was feeling especially down recently, and the song, There is a Fountain, came to mind. I'm not sure why, 
that song came to mind. I, I think God just snapped, and I was like, ooh. And I was in my car driving, and I was singing that song. There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. The dying thief rejoiced to see the fountain in his day. Though I may be, I don't have the words go now, I forgot them. As vile as he, wash all my sins away, whatever. But, but I was in that moment, and the words washed over me. And I was reminded of who I am in Christ. Not because I'm successful, but because he is. Not because I'm good, but because he is. That song snapped me back to reality where I needed to be. It's a godly, biblical song. Sing the songs. One of the great definitions of a good worship song is a song that you can sing with the congregation and at the bedside of someone who's dying. It's simple. It's truthful. It's easy to sing. I think the psalmist had this understanding in his life. He could sing the statutes and precepts and commandments of God. They were his songs in the house of his sojourning. In verse 54, I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. As travelers, as sojourners, as we've seen in 1 Peter, as exiles in this life, there will be days, months, and even years where we will struggle. And sometimes even at the derision and mockery of enemies, what is your counterbalance to that pressure in your life? I think it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've seen that in, in all these many songs we've learned. I'm going to encourage you. Remember your hope and comfort in those moments by singing it. Thanks for listening. We pray this clip has been helpful and invite you to connect with more content from First Baptist on our website at fbcbr.com or through our social media accounts on Facebook and Instagram, username at fbcbr. Until next time, let us keep looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God.